0: Hi Jim, how are you doing today? I'm good, thanks, Callum. How are
1: you? Thank you. I have to say thank you very much for doing this, but you're going away on Thursday, you said?
0: Yeah, yeah um, um I'm I I'm going to spend my summer in the South Atlantic. Or my winter in the South Atlantic summer. So all very exciting. I'm off to the Falkland Islands. The Falkland Islands?
1: What's it like? Is it so you say it's summer there this time of year? So is it gonna be you go warm? You're gonna get a tan?
0: Uh yeah well I I posted a picture this morning of a penguin in snow, and someone got back to me and said you do know it's our summer. I said oh it's all right then I've packed my speedos. With, <laughs> um, a, a Falkland Island summer it, it isn't quite Teddy, <laughs> but 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 it'll be it'll be sort of it'll be a wee bit like our summer here in Scotland it's a bit older. And uh, maybe a bit windier, but we'll see. It's a strange place to choose, the Falklands. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm off to. I work for uh, BFBs, British uh, Forces Broadcasting mm. Service. So I do. Uh, I've been doing for the past three years. I've been in the breakfast show, mm. on BFBs Scotland from an army barracks in Edinburgh, and I'm off to do the same job, different location, in uh, the Falkland Islands at BFBs Falklands. Oops.
1: I don't know if I should say this, but my dad was in the Royal Marines and he wanted to go to the Falklands during the war. And he wasn't, I don't know what reason, he wasn't allowed to go. But someone brought him back, a used bomb from the Falklands. And when he was moving out of his house, I found it and I was like, oh, what's this? Just thinking it's nothing. He went, a bomb from the Falklands, throw that away. A a,
0: a bomb's quite a big thing, is it not?
1: Yeah, it's used, darn. But used or doesn't activate, it's I don't. It's up in my mum's now, but I was like, I'm not throwing that away. That's Antiques Roadshow in 40
0: years. That's some money for me. Wow, so, so, something collectible anyway.
1: Yeah, something collectible, whether it's worth something or not. Just got it there. But just want to talk about your career throughout all this, because you've been in, what, the industry, thirty over 30 years now?
0: Yeah, yeah, so uh, late... Eighties, which seems like a very long time ago. So the, the more I think about it, the scarier <laughs> it is. Really,
1: was uh, this round about the time you? Because I've always seen this video last night on Crossfire alongside some light, lightweight political woman, Nicola Sturgeon, or something like that.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just gutted that I don't have the full video because my dad my dad taped it off the telly and then using i think two video recorders edited it just so that it had my bits on the VHS so i don't have the rest of it and uh, a few years ago stv were looking to do uh, a a documentary on Nicola sturgeon and thought oh we'll get that now you think well it was done it was done at grampian television which is now part of stv mm-hmm. stv north uh, so you you would have thought that they would have a copy, but uh, like their footage of Elvis at Preswick, uh, <laughs> it ended up in a skip, I think. Uh, so so I I I think my video is probably the only copy of of, of that, and there's only a brief bit of Nicholas Sturgeon. So I can't remember anything that she said, but uh, she, uh, it was interesting. It was, were you
1: already been at, uh on the radio at this point? Doing it, yes. DJing. So you'd only start your career at
0: that point? Yeah, I think I, I, was, uh, I was. It was. Um, they wanted youth voices for the upcoming, I think it was a general election. I'm not sure quite what year it was. Uh, they wanted youth voices from all the main parties. And it's when the, the Green Party were starting to make waves. So they got a Green Party representative on. I think I was the only person uh, that was actually based in the Grampian television area that was that was on the panel. I was living I was living in Inverness at the time. Um so so I, I because I was on the radio, they thought I would be good to act as a spokesperson. I joined the party like the day I was on <laughs> the day before I was due to go on the telly. I mean I'd read the manifesto and everything and I agreed with the the policies which is the important so thing. So you knew what you were saying what? Nah, see, that's probably why it's just as well some of the dodgy bits were cut out of the video. <laughs> it is not all there. I think I was like, "Well, we we'll chuck all the cars in the rivers," which uh, it's not a good thing to do because that causes pollution. Yeah, that was something actually. out at the um, uh, there was a festival, fife Aid. It was Five Aid Two at Craigdon Park um in fife i've never heard it would be early 90s i think it was post live aid but it's an environmental thing and if you remember the conservationist and um david bellamy Mm -hmm. um david bellamy um um what's his face um Lenny Henry used to do a great impersonation of him. So you'd probably know him from Lenny Henry's uh, impersonation. Guy with a bushy beard and stuff. Spoke like this. I can't do the voice. Uh, I'm no good at that. But anyway, he was one of the organizers and there were loads of bands played. It was the last, uh, the last gig that uh, Fish played with Marillion, um, Sugar. I keep saying I keep saying sugar babes, sugar cubes. <laughs> yeah, they're completely different. Sugar, sugar cubes played it. Um, and Captain Sensible played it. And I interviewed Captain Sensible. And Captain Sensible said to me, "We should chuck all the cars in the river." <laughs> <laughs> so that that was that always comes back to mind. And, and I think I'm. I, I think that's probably. I think that my TV appearance probably predates that anyway. But uh, yeah, yeah. So I was on the telly. Uh, and that was the the start and the end of my political <laughs> career.
1: <laughs> when I watched that, I wondered about that. And thinking, I didn't know the political side. I wonder if it went any further. That's why I wanted to bring it up.
0: Well, I I had always had an interest in politics. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I went to public school uh, outside Perth, and uh, there was uh and I was the editor of the this the this socialist school magazine type thing called turn left which is quite an interesting thing at a private school um and, and we got the um we, we the the local mp nicholas fairbairn uh, i i got a, an interview with him and published it in it and he and actually he was very very good because he mm. was saying you know you experiment with these things and then you see the light <laughs> well I, I never saw the light I have, I've never voted Tory in my life yeah but uh and I'm, 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 my politics have changed a wee bit um I lean I lean towards the yellow and black these days <laughs> Um but I'm not I'm not uh I'm not overtly political yeah and I get you know I, I get really annoyed by like cybernats and stuff even mm-hmm. though I probably sympathize with them yeah but i just the whole politics thing is just so frustrating it really is I mean, so much people get annoyed at i yeah yeah and social media doesn't make it any better does it not you can go in
1: bits on twitter and just see arguments on this side arguments for this side and you don't need to do that and then twitter twitter i love twitter but it's there's so much wrong with it that you just it's never going to be helped and I, i have a theory that Facebook won't be around in five years' time. I think it'll be banned by then. Oh, no... you think it'll be banned? I, I, with all the stuff that came out towards the end of last year with the whistleblower coming out, just ha- and him constantly being in and out of Congress, I just don't think it'll be around. It's the only thing that Democrats and Republicans can agree on that is toxic and a bad place, Facebook.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I don't think it'll ever be banned, but people may lose interest, possibly, or they start banning people were outspoken and folk just stop using it yeah. because it's not interesting. But then who'd have thought Myspace would no longer become <laughs> a thing? <laughs> and uh and Bebo.
1: <laughs> God, I used to love Bebo sending out your three loves a day and then getting none in return. Uh, sad reality. Young people won't even know what we're talking about. No, they won't. Myspace was predates even them even Tom Tom Anderson, no one knows who he
0: is. Well, he's a he's a chap who's made loads and loads of money. He doesn't, he doesn't care; just does. He just
1: lives his life now, he, gotta, he, 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 go, he
0: He's he's on Instagram these days, isn't he? He just goes around the world <laughs> taking photographs. <laughs>
1: I don't know that. Yeah, I think so. Fair play, so man can just live his life.
0: But he had more friends than any of us. Oh, yeah,
1: he had so much. Probably not as much as Zuckerberg, and they tried to make out in the social network. Yes. <laughs> But, um, I was alongside watching that video. I watched one video of you interviewing Noel Gallagher in twenty twelve at Teen the Park.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> did,
1: did your heart fall into your mouth when you said that he'd supported them at Heaton Park, and he went, "That was I'm Noel." It was
0: Liam that had done it. No, nah, no, nah, no. It's it's funny that because um, that's obviously what everybody looks on. But I mean, I don't. I'm not really embarrassed by that and we had a good chuckle about it afterwards uh, when we were walking away from the porter cabin that we, we did it in but it's just I had it in the back of my mind that no Gallagher's High Flying Birds had done that support yeah. uh, or done that gig so eh, nah it's, just, it's <laughs> one of these things hey I've made much worse mistakes than that. <laughs> did you make any mistakes with the Spice Girls? No because it would be difficult difficult to make a mistake really because there wasn't much to go on um so nowadays as you've demonstrated you've been online you've done research on me Uh, you couldn't do that back when the spice girls appeared all you had was one a4 bit of paper with the record company blurb because they hadn't they'd only just or were only just about to release wannabe at the time so there wasn't much about the Spice Girls certainly no gossip or anything I mean what I remember about that is uh I think the question that they were probably asked in every interview they ever did was uh so which Spice would you be (laughs) I was like well you wouldn't ask that question like four months later when they were they were christened with all ginger spice and scary spice, yeah. sporty spice, posh spice. Um so 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 they so I did ask them that. And I think I can only remember ginger spice saying she'd be ginger <laughs> for obvious reasons. But I can't I can't remember what the rest of them said. I need to, I must have that recording somewhere. I really need to dig it out and see exactly what they said. Because I'm fascinated.
1: Did you ever see them becoming... Did you hear Wannabe before the interview? Or did you not? Yes. Did yeah. you ever expect it to become the big pop anthem of that time? Because this was run about the time to like take that coming out as well, wasn't it? And like that pop group element. Eventually later you had the sync coming out from America and all that. But did you ever see them becoming massive the way they did?
0: Oh, no. I mean, I, I, I'm i useless at sort of predicting what will become massive. Um I the I mean doing the job I was doing at the time, which was a sort of pop show, pop mm-hmm. evening show with loads of interviews, interviewing like Boyzone, take that and stuff like that, uh and uh, they were just another another band on the con- on the pop conveyor belt that came to the radio station yeah. to get interviewed, so. Probably not. I like the single. I mean, it's still... It's, I mean, be still a total classic. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, but, nah, didn't, didn't expect them to become as massive as they as they became.
1: Like with Victoria and David. I just found that mad when I seen that you'd done it. But the one of the first times I met you was, apart from Tea in the Park, we met at Lonely the Brave. I showed you the picture just before we started. Uh, you're working on Cam Glenn at Radio alongside Leona. Yeah. Was that a way of bringing new, through new radio presenters and showing her the ropes of what she would what to do? Or, uh,
0: Leona was doing... Um, Leona had done when she was 15 or in fifth year or whatever. Uh, she did her work experience at Cam Glen Radio mm-hmm. and they were looking for volunteers. So she came in as a sort of broadcast assistant um to do some stuff and then we, we talked about uh getting her to do her own show and then when i left cam Glen, because i was just like I, I was i was working i was like a a support worker at mm-hmm. cam Glen radio it's a community radio station based in brother Glen, serving brother glenn canvas lang when i left cam Glen, um I was doing a show at the weekends on a voluntary basis uh, and I left, when I left to go to BFPS uh, in Edinburgh um, I had to give up the show and uh, swapped roles so I was still volunteering at the weekends and I was her assistant <laughs> and I was, just sit- I was just sitting next door sending out tweets um, about the show and-, and tagging artists that she was playing and just giving her a hand and stuff so that was, that was great. I mean, it, it's it's brilliant when you come across people that are so enthusiastic and so into their music as well, mm-hmm. especially when they're younger. So that was that that, that was brilliant. So giving her a wee hand. I mean, I've not been back to Cam Glen since uh, since lockdown. Um, so I've not I've not actually seen. I think I've seen Leona possibly at one gig, or have I? No, I don't think I don't think I've seen Leona. Since, since I stopped um, going in on Saturday mornings and helping her out. Uh, obviously, see her online and stuff. Uh, but nah, that's uh, none of that. But uh, no, nah, it's it's good to see she's getting on with things. Yeah.
1: And uh, it kind of runs in the family or well, the, the full music thing because your daughter Jasmine put on a show a couple of years ago at Nice and Sleazy for a college, which my band played at. Along, we were at the Biggest name that comes out of that because the snuts were playing it. Well, well, who who headlined though? I think it was. I feel like we were ahead of the snuts on it. Well, there but, you go. But this is the day that our singer left the band, and we had to bring someone else in at the very last Oh, And that was a girl,
0: night. wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, she was. She was fantastic. Yeah,
1: she was brilliant. So we had to do that, and then.
0: Because well, she'd have to, like, learn the songs that day or something.
1: In Sleazy's, you know, we got the bit at the bar and then as a do, we got two bits either side, kind of. Yeah. It was up there. We were just sitting with a guitar and a bass, just running through the songs about before sound check, and then did a sound check with her and then continued doing it after sound check.
0: See, that's pretty impressive. You know, most most bands in that position and indeed, with uck it's only for students mm-hmm. would you just said sorry we've lost our singer we can't do the gig anymore so got all credit to you for doing it and pulling it off oh, thank you
1: it's the uh, one thing i can remember the most from that night was with the snuts there, i think there was like uh, uh, must have been a homeless guy stand sitting outside and they brought him in to the gig and gave him the microphone
0: I don't, I don't remember that.
1: I've got this vivid memory of it, and I remember thinking, who the hell are these guys? What is this all about? And then you just see them rise, rise, rise. Number one album, festivals all over the world.
0: I wonder I wonder if it was the guy, James, that used to always hang around outside the Barrowland selling magazines, uh, used to sell the Big Issue, then he saw, sold sort of other magazines and things. You used to always see him outside gigs. I wonder if it was him.
1: I don't know. Oh sure, I remember they just, uh, I think they bought them a ticket and brought them in. And that's why, they, apart from the name being the Snuts, cause you've got bands that sound similar to that, like the Struts always mixed, used to mix them up. Cause I was like, is that the people we played with? But that always stuck in my head that they had done that, but they're just another wow. Scottish band who blew up from working hard. And the Scottish music scene is such an, such an alive place. And you think of Louis Capaldi, what he's done. Mm. When was the first time you heard someone like Lewis Lewis's
0: voice? Um, I first heard Lewis's voice on a train um i was I'd been to see not I, I must stress not his singing voice. Uh, I'd been <laughs> to Edinburgh to see Nina Nesbitt with my daughter Jasmine. And on the train back, there were a bunch of lads with like guitars and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, one of them came up and introduced themselves to me, and said, "I said, oh yeah, send us some music. Just send me some music." And um, I played them or featured them, I think, on my podcast. Uh, and it was only, it was only when Lewis's dad. I think, came up to me at uh, Transmit and said, you were the first person to play Lewis on the radio when he was in this band. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> and and then it all came flooding back to me. I mean, I, I wouldn't have known this. I can't even remember the name of the band. I did find an article about them, but slipped my mind again. But yeah, so I played, They were a bit sort of Kings of Leonie this band that he was playing in. But the, yeah, the first time I would have heard Lewis was um, probably drunk on a train going <laughs> back to West Lothian from Edinburgh. They'd been playing a gig at Studio 24, I think, um, that night.
1: Was this the band they had with, I can't get, I don't know, I can't remember his second name, but Adam, who plays with Youngblood.
0: Young yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my yes. friends
1: went to college with them too. Ah, cool. And he just—they were doing music, and he just regrets his life that Adams now with Youngblood touring, and Louis Capaldi is. Yeah, yeah, Lewis
0: yeah. Capaldi. Adam, Adam was was definitely in the band as well, definitely.
1: He has some guitarist. I seen Youngblood at Leeds, and when they supported Biffy and he's just unbelievable. You'd have to, you'd have to know what you're doing to run around with him, running about the stage, and he could put you off at any time. Do you see new music like that, like Young Blood? Who are these characters who are, are a bit out there and feel they're doing good?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, as what what's cool about Young Blood is um, Young Blood's uh, got an edge, mm-hmm. but it's, I mean, it's pop, it's pop music. Yeah, um, and y- y- it's young girls. You know, it's the it's young girls that would have been in the boy bands and stuff back in the day. And maybe still are, and yeah, you know it's it's getting folk into music, but they've got a bit of cool about them. Yeah. And I always think you think of the Beatles. Now the Beatles are like an old man's band. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the old old blokes love the Beatles. Like your dad gets you into the Beatles, like that way. But you forget. The screaming girls at the concert. <laughs> Beetlemania. Sick, the... yeah, yeah. So it's like it's just it just it goes round and round, doesn't it? Is an evolution that music does that? Absolutely. I mean, the Beatles. The Beatles were a boy band, really. So any different from Young Blood? Who's better, Young Blood or the Beatles? <laughs> Young Blood, obviously. When
1: Young Blood makes a Sergeant Pepper, which weird weird could be because Weird's a good album. It's a great album from.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, and you know. Young blood look great in the jackets. <laughs> oh, he
1: would. It'd like it'd just be him four times over. we would have a different colour hair as well.
0: Yeah, that would be that would be the way to do it. I I, I think he's brilliant. I think he's really really funny. Uh, he has too much flack online as well. He doesn't need. I mean, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's like. Um, the the biggest artists in the world get loads of flack online. Yeah, but there's always going to be that. But they're the biggest artists in the world, you know. There's plenty of them. I mean, look, look at the flack and grief that maybe Ed Sheeran or somebody else, somebody like that gets. Yeah, you know, just... or or uh, how dull Coldplay are. Now, I personally, I love Coldplay. <laughs> it's like yeah, you know. I don't think they really care that people say they're they're dull and they're boring. There's Alan McGee once said bedwetters. I don't think they <laughs> I don't I don't think they they really care about that. I think I think um I think Coldplay are a very interesting band because they have moved musically mm-hmm. progression. And uh, I mean if you listen to early Coldplay, which is sort of Britpoppy, poppy, uh, guitar led, now it's big production stuff yeah and just massive hooks it's total pop music and you know f- for guys that are of a certain age to still be a pop band like that i think it, i think it's great and i think they're fabulous my i, I, I mean i i, re- I remember t in the park one year I was walking I was walking sort of in the hospitality area and said i heard a shout jim jim uh turned around says hi it was chris martin <laughs> and, it's like, and it's like because early on you know i interviewed coldplay before they'd be doing millions of interviews and it wouldn't have been that long but it's pretty cool when i think he wouldn't have a clue who i am now but i i i think i always think oh yeah chris chris martin once knew who i who i am that's so that's so cool, Chris
1: Martin, just knowing who you are. I think you've still would with the mohawk. I
0: don't know. I think he's met millions of people since then. Well, I remember the the um, he did when it was that uh, it would have been beat one oh six. They were, I think they were doing a gig at King Tut's, and one of those ones where the touring bands like second on the bill of. Four bands or oh, whatever, yeah, because no because nobody, you know, no, nobody will go and see the band that are signed with a big record deal because nobody's heard of them yet.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: quite low down the bill, but technically the headliner, and you sort of rely on the local bands bringing the crowd in. Um, so around right about that time, uh, they released an EP and uh, came and did a session yeah. for me, and he he sat it's just me and chris martin in this little room microphone stuck in front of him, and he's got the guitar he says right i've got to do do this song oh this is the first time i've ever played this song in public this one's called yellow <sighs> <laughs> got a, i've got a recording of that it's just like oh i chill still i get chills down my spine when i think of that
1: i just uh, rediscovered that song for the first time in years the other day and just added it to my like songs cuz you forget how special. So I just always remember the music video of him walking along the beach. Yeah. As well absolutely. with the rain coming down. Oh, it's yeah. so iconic. I feel like I'd be amiss if I didn't talk to you about Biffy Clyro. Because they are my all-time favourite band. I know that you're credited with being the first radio play of them.
0: Yeah, as as is the case with much of those things, uh being in the right place at the right time and liking anything new that I'd not heard before and being in the privileged position of being able to play stuff on the radio uh, and spread the word. So, uh, I mean, it's a simple story. I was interviewing Davy Scott from the Pearl Fishers, and uh, Dee Bao, uh, who was managing Buffet, uh, was playing bass uh, with um, the Pearl Fishers and came in with uh, with Davy Scott for the interview and gave me a CD. And uh, I played it on the radio. <laughs> It's it it's as simple as that. And then I think I, I think I maybe saw them I, th- I think they possibly did a showcase gig in Aberdeen. I can't remember uh what it was. It could have been it could have been at the it might have been Cafe Drummond, it might have been what was called the Wodka Bar. Um but I remember them doing a showcase, and it might have been a sort of music industry, sort of event. It could have been one. It could have been one called Northern Exposure that I was like on the committee for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I may have saw them, seen them quite early on, but I can't, I can't remember. But certainly, I played them first on the radio, and that's nice.
1: <laughs> you did a. I'm pretty sure I remember you hosting an event. I wasn't at it because I, they were doing an event at King Tut's, and it was an acoustic show. And I don't know if it was something for the radio, but they were putting the tickets all around Glasgow and you had to go around try and search the tickets. And my mum drove me around Glasgow, all the way, like Kelvin Grove, all the way to the Barrowlands, like all across Glasgow just to get that. But did you present an
0: acoustic show, or host an acoustic show that they were playing at at King Tut's? I did, yeah. we did one. Um, we did one when XFM Scotland returned. And that was our launch gig. So it's possibly that. But I think, I think there was another one as well. Yeah. So Biffy certainly played the launch of, or oh, the relaunch of XFM Scotland. But yeah, that, rings, that does ring a bell. Me introducing Biffy on stage at something or other. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> See, I, I wish. See, I'm I'm sometimes very envious of somebody like Billy Sloan, who could tell you the date, the time, the hall at the SCCC <laughs> the gig happened at. Um, I mean, I mean, Bill, Bill Billy Sloan. Uh, I mean, I, I've been lucky enough to, to sort of work alongside him, at Radio Clyde and cover for him on his Radio Scotland show as well. But you know, but Billy Sloan went to the Sex Pistols Christmas Day gig when he was young. Um, So left his family to go and see the Sex Pistols on Christmas Day in Yorkshire, playing a a benefit gig for the striking miners, was it? Um, But no, he, he would be able to tell you the exact date. I'm dreadful memory like a sieve. I, w- I wish I kept all my tickets, go- stubs and everything and, and written down every gig I, I've been to. Cause, I mean, it was like, we were watching, um, we were watching the Masked Singer the other night mm-hmm. and Candy, my wife said, I-, I know who Snow Leopard is. I said, how how do you know that? So I was, you know, on Twitter. Cause we were watching it sort of a day late. Yeah. And I said, oh, well, who, give me a clue. She said, we went to see them once. Like, yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> nah, I so, more. Tell tell me more. Tell me more. Um, they were. Uh, I said, are they indie? They rock. They Scottish. There's a female singer. Obviously, is that a solo artist? Is that a band? And she. Oh, she said. Uh, she said you were doing your show on North Sound. So you. So I was already at the gig, and you came along towards. You came up towards the end after you'd finished your show. Still didn't get it. And it was Heather Small. I have no recollection at all of seeing <laughs> M people at the music hall in Aberdeen. No recollection at all.
1: Do you believe you did? Because your wife told you you did.
0: Yeah, yeah, I probably would, because she wouldn't have gone to the gig herself. I
1: managed to make a list of, I oh know, a spreadsheet. I was hung over one morning, and when I'm hung over, I wake up at like eight, so I've got my laptop and I made a spreadsheet of every artist I've seen live in order of date, venue, and. Uh, I think wow. a 154 different artists on it.
0: That's not very many. But then you're a young man.
1: Yeah, I've seen ACDC in 2008, so I've had a lot of time to go.
0: Well, yeah, were, see, when ACDC played Hamden, I was like, oh, gutted. Mm-hmm. I would, uh, they'd be on my bucket list. Yeah. I would so want to see ACDC live. And then I recalled, oh, hang on. I saw, I saw them in the I saw them in the exhibition center in Aberdeen because I remember and I remember a big video on the screen and like Angus Young getting in a car or getting out of a car or something and then appearing at the back of the auditorium uh, so it's like so I ha- I I have seen ACDC live and I just don't remember don't remember
1: any wee bit of it at all.
0: Well, Crazy. The one
1: last thing I want to ask you is what is your favorite new artist coming through the now
0: uh oh there's loads i've just done my uh 10 for 2022 mm-hmm. uh so there's few on there um so i i probably put velour top of the list mm-hmm. um because i think i i love the way they've gone about things i love how they look even mm-hmm. more importantly i love how they sound the energy um and having I've sort of met them in Dribs and Drabs pre valour, mm-hmm. in different projects and bumped into Connor at um, Transmit and uh, what a lovely conversation. And then met and bumped into them again, including Hamish, who's quite intimidating on stage. And there's just such lovely people. And it's just like, it's almost a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> you almost want them to punch you in the face and say go away but uh no i, I mean they just make wonderful music and it was uh, i think it was because i was trying to i was trying to pigeonhole them and it was when they did i think it i think they do a cover of faithless god is dj mm-hmm. um is it god is a dj or is it insomnia mm, it might be god is i can't remember uh, anyway they they do they do that cover and that then it clicked and it was like, okay, I can see where they're coming from. It's not just a post punk thing. Mm-hmm. There's that sort of trancey thing going on as well. So I think going forward, I, I think, you know, two albums down the road will probably get a very different um a very different sounding band to what we've got now. I think I think they're gonna be huge.
1: I kind of like that with bands, but I think people always say the second album's the most important, but I think it's the third one because the way I see it is: do your first album, you just need to get that right. Second album should be a continuation. The third album mix up, and there's artists I've seen who have just stuck the same way. Look at the Arctic Monkeys who have changed it every single time. Yeah, and they got they got they got crap for it when. Uh, Hotel Casino. I can't remember the full name of it. Hotel Basement Casino. I can't remember. Tranquility Base Hotel Moon Casino. Oh, I, I don't know. I'm
0: not going to correct
1: you. I don't know, but uh, they got a crap for that. But it's like they're changing it. It's not the same.
0: Yeah. What do you expect? That, I mean, how do you progress? I mean, to to an extent, I always think the greatest bands are the ones that only ever release one record, yeah. and then disappear like the Sex Pistols, And Manic Street Preachers. That that, that was their thing. Because I've got I got you know I I. I did quite a lot with Manic Street Preachers mm-hmm. uh, early on. Uh, in fact, I went to the only gig they have ever done, where they played an encore. Um, I thought it said the
1: only gig they've ever done that for. No, the only gig plays, they've ever yeah. done
0: when they, they were they were headlining the Marquee Club in London, and I was down. I think I was down. I was. I might have been in London for something else, and I went to see the Manics because I. I w- I was friendly with Kathy, uh, their PR. Mm. Um, so I went there. I remember I remember sitting on the steps in the club, and I had my I had my like leather jacket on, and I had my Doc Martens with um, uh, Gay Bikers on Acids logo <laughs> on the on the side. One day glow pink and one day glow green. In fact, I might have had a big fake fur coat on. I Can't remember. But anyway, the daily the Daily Star thought I I I looked significant enough to take some photos of me. I don't think they ever <laughs> appeared in print, but I felt quite special. <laughs> but um, no, I think that was the first. time. I mean, I, I interviewed. Uh, it, would used to be, uh, it used to be used to be Nicky and Richie that would do all the interviews. James and Sean didn't tend to do the interviews early on, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I came across uh, on somebody had posted on YouTube. Because I don't have the original uh, recording, somebody had posted a, a, a clip on YouTube, just the audio of me interviewing Manic Street Preachers, and it's uh, it's all four of them, including Sean. And I was like, oh, I don't remember that. I I don't I I don't know where I did that interview because I remember once interviewing. Nicky and Richie at Radio T in Dundee when they were on the like promo tour. Mm. Uh, but I don't remember interviewing them all early on. Perhaps it was at that gig at the marquee. I, I, again, Still I, know when. I don't remember, but I remember like Sean being Sean saying something in the interview. I was like, whoa, gosh, I mean, I, they, they came in and did a session for me when I was at Radio Clyde. Um, and I think I got Sean to say something then, but then you know that was quite a number of albums down the line. But I, I, I mean, I, I must have interviewed them a few times in the early days, you know, <laughs> leading up to the release of Generation Terrorists. But I, I see, I, just, and also we didn't have social media then, so I can't even look back on my timeline. I was just thinking that. Do you wish you had like a
1: smartphone? Like that
0: time yeah. so you had the
1: pictures just to go back yeah. and, oh it's that date,
0: that's when I went yeah absolutely because I would have some brilliant I, I think you'd have ones oh it'd be incredible, I mean may- maybe in 20 years time I'll look d- I'll look back on five years ago and say oh yeah remember that because <laughs> I mean it's a slight like little because th- there's, there's there's no greater thrill seeing a band you really enjoy seeing them play a tiny venue and watching them explode yeah um, imagine Dragons are a good example of that. I think I went to the first five gigs that Imagine Dragons did in Scotland. The first time was that uh, uh, first time was Nice and Sleazy. Oof, I can't, you can't imagine them pl- playing yeah. Sleazy? Imagine Dragons at Nice and Sleazy and then it was the ABC and then it was the Academy, I think, and then they were playing 500 miles on the main stage or the NME yes. stage. Oh, yes, yeah, uh, Um Yeah, was that the main stage or was the the Radio One NME stage?
1: It was the main stage after you made six, I think. And right.
0: Yeah, playing like 500 miles and stuff, and it's like wow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So I mean, that that's always always special, and also special uh, when you when you're in the privileged position of being able to get access to bigger bands, going back and playing smaller venues Mm -hmm. when they are massive. So I'm lucky enough to have seen uh, like Simple Minds playing at King Tut's. I mean, Simple Minds would have done their first ever gig as Johnny and the self abusers at a club called Saints and Sinners which became King Tut. So they were sort of going back to their roots. Oof, I never knew that was even the name beforehand. Yeah, Johnny and the Self Abusers. You'd never heard of them, all no. the hits. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they, they became Simple Minds. They were sort of a punk band. Um, and uh, yeah, just just seeing these these big names doing, or, or people who are on the rise and paying packed out shows. I remember seeing uh, Ben Howard at oh. the Caves... It, no where was it? It was Cabaret Voltaire in Edinburgh, and it was absolutely packed out and there was there was hardly any room at mm-hmm. the front, but I was lucky enough to get i watched it from behind the stage there was a wee bit you know with a bit where the, the band come out so yeah. I pretty much watched it from behind there and that was that was pretty special um i you always see these people at big festivals like Transmet and Tea in the park you know, all the celebs standing at the side of the stage, Aye. watching the bands. I, I've never done that. I think I've I, I, think I've stood at the side of the stage up on the sort of platform watching one single band at Tea in the Park. And do you know what? Guess what? I can't even remember who it was. Does
1: <laughs> your memory need the smartphones at the time? I
0: think so. I cannot, I cannot remember who it was. Even
1: what you can get out, you've got a great memory. I think you've seen so much. You spoke to so many people. And I just want to thank you for coming and doing this and just talking about what you've done. Like, I think you've got a great mind of music and what to look forward to and what to see. I've actually got, written down a quote, which I've seen you, you say once, and it was like, if you play enough shit, something good is bound to get through it over 30 years. And I think that perfectly sums up what you've did done. Did I say that? I found that quote from you.
0: What? Where did I say that?
1: It was an interview... I was like, a, I think someone had sent you questions or done a interview with you and you'd said that when you were asked about Buffy, Twin, Katie Tunstall. But it's like you've had some good amount of shit to get <laughs> through. I
0: don't I don't remember that. It's it's like um it, it's like uh, you, you know, I, I everyone will look up to the John Peel show on mm-hmm. Radio One, but to to play the, the Bowie's and the Frankie goes to Hollywoods and all the whole, whole all these bands. I, 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 I randomly say Frankie goes to Hollywood because you think of them as a pop band, but Frankie, I, mm. I remember recording Frankie goes to Hollywood doing a session for John Peel and having it on a, a C90 cassette because Simply Red did a session for John Peel, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you, you forget about that and how things come through. But if you if you if you play loads of stuff you know some stuff will filter through others will be forgotten about but I think the more important bit to say is and this is this is the quote that I like to use I was where people say you are disappointed they didn't make it I say no no they were they were a great band just I've got better taste than everyone else
1: (laughs) I think that's the perfect time to end it just on that quote there Jim, thank you very much, you're such a lovely guy You're so bubbly, always, the first time I met you At tea in the Park, when I came up, like Get your fucking Jim. you're Jim you're like, ah, ah. you were just so bubbly, and that just summed up Your character.
0: Thanks Callum, that's much appreciated I'll send you a penguin back from the Falklands.
1: Perfect, It can go alongside the, the, oh. the chocolate one, mind you oh, Yeah, that. perfect, thank you for that Hope you enjoy your holiday